You are listening to the Indie Audio. This is issue 253, January to December. Uh, this is Dean Patterson reading Free the Subway. Subway fares are a regressive tax on New York's working class. Make this rich pay for a mass transit system free to all. By the independent editorial team. Imagine a transit system where there are no turnstiles, where the police presence is minimal because cops aren't looking around to enforce fares. Picture a subway and bus network that's free, open, and functional because those who profit from it must pay for it. Lawmakers in Kansas City, Missouri took a step just like this direct, uh, in this direction earlier in December, passing a bill that directed the city's manager to set aside $8 million a year to cover the fare, and $1.50 for every rider. It's expected to save frequent bus users in the city of 490,000 people, about $1,000 a year. Tweeting his admiration, New York City Council member Brad Lander, a Democrat from Park Slope, called the step visionary, adding in parentheses that it might take New York City a while, but this is really where we all need to aim. The push for free mass transit is part of a larger democratic socialist or social democratic resurgence, Medicare for all, free public college, a Green New Deal, which demands for free universally available public goods arising and finding receptive ears. Here in New York City, we already have an example of free public transit, the Staten Island Ferry. In 1997, then-Mayor Rudy Giuliani lifted the ferry's already minimal 50-cent charge as a gesture of gratitude to the city's only majority white borough, whose voters had helped nudge him to a narrow victory four years earlier. Then there's a network of ferries that our current mayor has championed. Those aren't free, but are heavily subsidized. While riders pay $275, the cost of a subway or bus trip, the city's budget commission found that the city is subsidizing the boats to the tune of $10.73 a ride. It also warned that subsidies could stretch as high as $25 per passenger along planned future routes. For an example of public dollars being put to a bit more practical use, there's the Fair Fares program. It provides half-price metro cards to New Yorkers living at or below the federal poverty line, yet strict and arbitrary requirements during the initial rollout period, such as a mandate that beneficiaries must have a job, have meant that many riders have not been able to access the program. It's expanding this fall and winter to include public housing residents and City University of New York students who are veterans. Some council members want it to go even further. In November, Majority Leader Lori Cumbo and 24 colleagues sent a letter to Metropolitan Transit Authority, the MTA, calling on it to expand anti-poverty programs like fair fares rather than hiring more police. These programs aim to alleviate the economic barriers present for many New Yorkers, they wrote. That, they said, will ultimately deter fare evasion. Meanwhile, Representative Nydia Velasquez of Brooklyn has introduced a bill that would establish a $1 billion federal grant program that would provide freer low-cost transit rides for those living below 300% of the poverty line, about $37,000 a year for a single person, as well as those who are veterans, elderly, or disabled. But why not go all the way? Why, make the subway and buses, why not make the subway and buses free for all? What if there's no fare evasion to deter because there's no fare? We've had the subway for well over a century, and New York has grown up all around it, said Daniel Pearlstein of the Riders Alliance, a strap hanger advocacy group. We're utterly dependent on it, that's clear. It's a bit like asking, what's the value of a water system? What's the value of a school system? What's the value of police and fire protection? These are things we absolutely need, and we absolutely need to pay for them. The question is who and how much. Firefighters don't demand 275 before they extinguish burning homes. Teachers don't... Uh, collect 275 from the peoples before they're admitted into the classroom each morning. One way of looking at the MTA's fare is a regressive tax that hits those who can least afford it the hardest. Riders, sweep, riders swipes cover about 40% of the MTA's annual operating budget, which comes to nearly $18 billion in 2020. Taxes and subsidies make up the bulk of the rest and could make up much more. One-sixth of the authority's operating budget goes to pay off past debts owed to bondholders. Instead of giving money to Wall Street, the MTA could take money from it. All budgets are statements of priorities. Here are several other ways the MTA could reorder its priorities. 
but a halt to the boondoggle like the 2nd Avenue subway project, which costs a princely sum but are of little use to most commuters. Building the new 2nd Avenue subway line from 63rd to 96th Street costs more than $4 billion. Planned extension to 125th Street by 2029 is projected to cost $6 billion, and the digging hasn't even begun. Expand dedicated bus lanes for a fraction of the cost of building new underground lanes. This will make it easier to connect people across the outer boroughs where lack of mass transit is a chronic problem. Ensure that spending on vitally important capital programs, such as updating the city's archaic signal system, doesn't spiral out of control. Scrap Governor Andrew Cuomo's plan to hire an additional 500 subway officers at a cost of more than a billion dollars in the next 10 years, according to the Conservative Empire Center. That's a lot of dough to spend on an affirmative action program for bullies. The subway is New York's economic engine. Companies and individuals who benefit from it would grumble at paying more in taxes to support it, but without that, and without it, their businesses can't function. A 2017 report by the comptroller, Scott Stringer, produced in a year when disinvestment from Albany had driven the subway to reach its lowest point of functionality since the early 1980s, estimated that the mounting MTA delays were costing the city as much as $389 million in lost productivity annually. Subways and buses deliver more work to their employers day in and day out. Employees can contribute more through a payroll tax. An employee payroll tax where everyone is paying into the MTA with higher earners paying more and everyone having the freedom to take the subway would also help cover the cost. Low-income workers would be putting in something, but the rods would be heavily subsidized by the city's well-heeled. Then, of course, is the real estate industry. Wherever the subway goes, property values are higher. A state senate bill that would have levied an annual tax on second homes worth more than $5 million in order to help fund the subway began to gather steam in Albany last March. It had been collecting dust since 2014 when Senator Brad Hoyleman, a Democrat from Manhattan, first introduced it. But the widely publicized $238 million purchase of a pied terre Manhattan penthouse by hedge fund magnate Ken Griffin lent the bill momentum. The home was finally valued at $9 million, so Griffin could expect to pay barely more than $500,000 a year in property taxes. Amid budget negotiations, Governor Andrew Cuomo, who had previously opposed new taxes to raise funds to the MTA, while also neglecting to fully fund it, said the pied terre tax was the only new money he and other lawmakers had agreed upon. The revenue stream would have allowed the city to raise an additional $9 billion in bonds, he estimated. Comptroller Stringer predicted it would bring a minimum of $650 million a year in transit investment. Then the real estate lobby stepped in. Lawmakers buckled. By the end of March, the tax had been whittled down to a one-time surcharge in the purchase of multi-million dollar second homes. The industry had flexed its muscle, but later that spring it was unable to stop the passage of sweeping housing laws reforms that expanded the state's rent regulation. Tenant activists repeatedly traveled to Albany by the busload to advocate for changes to the state's housing statutes that include measures to prevent landlords from converting affordable housing to market rate. Governor Cuomo appoints the majority of the MTA's board and dominates its affairs to the detriment of strap hangers. Breaking up the MTA and putting the city's subways and buses under local democratic control, with necessary taxing authority also granted to the city, the fastest way to transform a mass transit system. But as that is not currently on the offering, the transit justice movement can learn a lot from tenant rights advocates' successes last spring, says Pearlstein. We need to make the change of our transit system visible enough that they get high enough on the agenda of the leaders in Albany, they make the crucial decisions about who pays and how much. He said, knowing that transit activists had some success with this as they pushed for lawmakers to approve congestion pricing legislation last year, was projected to direct an estimated $5 billion a year towards the MTA's capital budget once it's implemented in 2021. Nobody thought congestion pricing could pass a few years back, Pearlstein said, but it passed in significant part because riders got hurt. People who